The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all of the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be gathered all the nations, and He will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And He will place the sheep on His right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are, my blessed, who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord... When did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the gospel of the Lord. We'll start off this today's message time with a question for you. The question was inspired from some events that took place in my house at about six six thirty this morning. See, this morning about that time, I said goodbye to my youngest son. He is getting ready to go in a car to drive six hundred fifty miles south, so he can see an orthodontist. He has damaged some of his braces and retaining peak connection points, and so he has an appointment on Monday. And he will get those fixed, and he returns to us on Tuesday. But we said goodbye this morning. Didn't like goodbye very well. But this morning at that same time, I also said goodbye to my oldest son, because he is in that same car, heading in the same direction, because he's going to return to go to San Antonio, where there's University of Texas in San Antonio, so he can finish up the semester. Said goodbye to him. In addition to that, I said goodbye to my mother. Um, she was with us. She surprised us on Wednesday night about 2 o'clock in the morning, her and my oldest son. She drove from Tucson, Arizona, 850 miles to San Antonio, and then 650 miles here so she can spend Thanksgiving with us. 1,500-mile road trip over, now 1,500-mile road trip back. But I don't know when I'm going to see her again. It's uncertain at this point. But I saw her, and so this morning we said goodbye. And um, all at one time, all three. Now, like us, I'm convinced that everyone in here has had to say goodbyes. It's just part of life. We say goodbyes. Um, When it comes to goodbyes, 
If you're not sure when you're going to see that person again, what's the most important thing that you communicate before they leave? If it's a goodbye and we're saying goodbye right now, what do we, what's, what's part of our goodbye? What do we do? What do you do? I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Safe travels, go with God. What's that? A hug. Oh, God, I love that part of it. So when they're going away, whether it's just for the day or for an hour, maybe, or if it's for months or years, the single most important thing you want them to know is that you love them. They can forget all kinds of other stuff, but in that moment, the single most important thing you have to communicate is that you love them. Now, you might add to there, drive safe. You might add to there, if you get really tired, take a break. You might add, when you get there, call me. Right? That's on this driving trip. You also might say, like, if it's going to be, if they're going away to college, like my Moses, when you're there, remember, you know, what Pastor uh, Solberg said, remember your last name. Who are you and how were you raised? Remember whose you are. You are a godly man. God baptized you. His name, he's claiming you are a Christian, young man. Be that. Make good decisions. Reflect your faith. All those teaching things you try to stir too. But before that and after that, it starts with, I love you. Starts with I love you, it ends with I love you, and then there's a hug. Um, I'd like you to keep that in mind. From this day, for the, for the rest of your lives, every time that you're going to read a Bible lesson that has to do with end times, keep that goodbye in mind. Particularly today on Christ the King Sunday, when we know He's going to return. Because it begins with an I love you. God declared that in the beginning of time and in history. He says, I have loved you. From the beginning, from the foundations of the world, I have loved you. And to the, found, to the very, very end, I will love you. My son on the cross proved it and planted it in the dirt how much I love you. You remember that. In addition, here are some things I'd like you to do as you live together and as you share life together, that you not only love me, but then love each other. Be kind and gracious and peaceful and and patient, generous with each other. So there's a teaching part in there. At the very end of that, there's a hope that the goodbye is not forever. The goodbye is very real and is very noticeable right now, but it is not forever that there will be a reunion. That there will be another face-to-face, eye-to-eye, I love you. And there will be another big old hug. Two o'clock in the morning on Wednesday night, I was pounced on, not pounced, like mugged by my 260-pound oldest son, just pounced on Tommy, put his big old beard on my cheek and said, Hi, Dad. I'm going to get another one of those. I'm going to get another hug from my mother. But on Christ the King Sunday, we know that we are going to be reunited with all those who have gone before us that we've known and we've loved. We will see them again, and we will see our Heavenly Father and our Lord Jesus Christ again. That is our assurance and that is our hope. And we remember all this at the same time. It's kind of a cool thing how that works out. Now, thinking about this, sometimes it's hard for Westerners. We're Western. We've been influenced by this Western world. Sometimes it's hard today for Westerners to approach this final judgment 
The Western world has come to emphasize various tools as it approaches Holy Scriptures. This Western emphasis and understanding is actually rooted in culture off of this Roman and Latin world. Western culture has a set of lenses, if you will, as it looks at things. And this should sound kind of familiar because it's our world. Our world, we think about law. Are you keeping it or are you breaking it? What's the penalties? How much does it cost? Facts, details, codes, science, understanding, having everything in his box neatly kept and ordered and understood. An accounting system and a measuring system and a judging and a categorizing. Efficiencies, productivities, returns on investment. All this scientific Western world approach to things. That set of lenses and emphasis is approaching the final judgment. Approaching the return of Christ as King does so in a unique way. Sometimes our Western world approaches the judgment day in such a way as it it brings out a fear. And that's unfortunate. Some people who, when they read today's Bible lesson, will read it and be afraid. Then they'll start focusing on how much is enough. What do I have to do? What do I have to say? How much do I have to do? How much do I say? How much do I have to give? How much time? And we start thinking about all that stuff. How much is enough? But there's a different way. I invite you to consider and ponder a different approach. The view is a more, what I call, Eastern civilization way. And, uh, not too many years ago, I was studying under the Orthodox Church and some of their, reading their books and leading, learning from things, and it was an interesting mix of East and West. And one of the Eastern ways that I learned that will be, I think, beautiful today's gospel lesson is this, that when, the, when you think about the final days and the final judgments and the return of Lord as King that you have an emphasis in your language about that of communion, community, of a fellowship, of love, of a relationship, of intimacies, compassion, life, gratitude, service. As you was saying those things, did you get a difference between some of those words on the Eastern side and some of the, the Western worlds of accounting, measuring, law, facts, science? I think there's a big difference. Today I'd like to approach Christ the King Sunday in this gospel lesson with an Eastern world's lens. And to help make that point a little bit more clear, I've got two stories. And the first one has to do with some sheep. There's an author named Oz Hillman. Mr. Hillman has been able to travel to the Holy Land and around the world several times, and he spends time there. And so once you've gone through all the major tourist points, about the third or fourth time you go through, <coughs> excuse me, my voice is going to give out. I'm going to have to talk softer. I'm going to have to change the volume. But <clears throat> when he started going on his third or fourth trip, he didn't have to spend as much time in the in the very busy places. He spent more time amongst the people in the hills, if you will. So one time he's out there, he's with his friends, and they're in this agricultural area, or near this biblical site, and they were watching the shepherds. They found this rock pen in the hills, maybe about the size of this room, rocks all stacked. They grow a lot of rocks over there, they tell me. So they have these rocks, 
and there's an entrance for the sheep, and here comes a shepherd, and he's got his 30 or 40 sheep behind him, and he walks into this rock pen, and the sheep follow him in there. He's calling them, and the sheep go into the pen, and then he just kind of, once they're all in there, he goes by the gate, and he just sits down and leans against the wall. Well, there's a couple other shepherds coming around, and here comes another shepherd, and he walks in there, and he walks calling his sheep, using his voice, his calls. He rocks, walks into the pen. His sheep follow him in there, mingle around, lay down with all the others, and he goes out and sits next to the other shepherd. And then the third shepherd comes over with his sheep, about 30 or 40 of a given, and they walk in, goes in there, and the sheep are all together. And this Mr. Hillman, he's watching all And he's saying, one, he's just surprised that they, they don't have ear tags. You know, all the cattle and stuff I know, we have ear tags on them. We, know them by na- we don't know them by name. We know them by number. And we know by color. And if not that, we have brands. You know, a W with a circle, a C with an X or whatever it is. You have a variety of brands that say that one's yours. There's no marks on these sheep. Not on their bodies, not on their ears, not a tag, not at all. Him and his friends are wondering, well, how's this going to work out in the morning? So they got up early. They wanted to witness this. They got up early. And they went. They sat outside the place and they were just watching. When it was time to get ready to go, one of the shepherds gets up. He starts talking to the sheep, using his call. Some of his sheep are starting to stir up a little bit. He goes by the gate. Some of them are starting to stand up. He goes outside the gate. He's calling his sheep. And some of the sheep are picking up, getting up, and starting to lead, lead, lead sheep out. And he starts walking off to the hills. The next shepherd goes in there. There's still bunches of sheep in there. He calls, starts talking to his sheep. They hear his voice. He, start, he, just, he gets, knows the direct one. He gets the, he, that one follows him out. He's talking to him. They follow him out. Third shepherd, that's all that's left. He's not one short. He's not one extra. Every one of his sheep are still there. They follow him out. Amazing how that was. And he's thinking about sheep and shepherds and end times. And he said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Think about those who listen to Jesus's voice, those who follow, they're not focusing on legal requirements. They're not focusing on accounting requirements science projects and measuring and understanding and all that. The sheep were focused on relationship, familiarity, of knowing what my Savior looks like, of hearing my Savior's voice and going where my Savior leads, eating what my Savior says to eat, drinking where my Savior says to drink, and having that relationship every day, all day. The sheep, the disciples of Jesus in this relationship, there's a communion. There is a love. There's a protection and a provision being inspired by this. There's no fear. The sheep aren't worried about if they're fast enough or slow enough, smart enough or dumb enough. It has nothing to do with any of that. There's no fear. It's relationships. It's not about quantity. It's not about being independent and autonomous and self-determined and self-sufficient. None of that stuff is even mentioned. It's a community with their Lord all day, all night. Now, another insight to this approach from the Eastern world actually comes from Mother Teresa. 
she was asked to speak about today's um, Bible lesson, about this judgment day. When you look in your Bibles for the title of it, it will say the last judgment. Typically, that's the title for it. She was asked about the last judgment, about the separation between sheep and goats, between some being to eternal punishment with the devil and his angels and eternal blessedness with the Father. She was asked about that. And she gave a one-word answer. The one word that she said when she was asked about that parable was this. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Now, one-word answers might be complete for beautiful men and women who prayerfully ponder questions and answers, and they have time to do so. But one-word answers are seldom satisfying in our world. Um, we're very busy. We need to have things unpacked, explained, very detailed. We, don't want, we want someone to do all the thinking for us. Just give us the answers. So they pressed her. What do you mean, faithfulness? Can you tell us more? Can you tell us more? They wouldn't let it go. So she spoke more. When she was asked to explain her answer about what she thought this last parable of the last final judgment was about, she said this. She said, faithfulness means loving as he loves, helping as he helps, giving as he gives, serving as he as he serves, rescuing as he rescues, and touching him in his distressing disguise. Mother Teresa received this grace of God in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit inspired and established faith within her, and it set her life on fire. Her heart, her soul, her mind was consumed with her Lord. She loved her Lord. She knew his voice. She walked daily with him. And you could see it. The people's questions hinted towards her of their Western approach. Their question had to do with what do you mean by faithfulness? How much faithfulness? What style of faithfulness? What flavor of faithfulness? The accounting, the science, the understanding, the measurement, the worth of it all. But her answer, it was not about that. Her understanding of this gospel lesson was reflected in her way of life. To delight in an intimate relationship with her Lord. To commune with Him daily. To be loved by and to love her Good Shepherd. And then to extend that relationship, that communion and love, to anyone around her as they had need and opportunity came. It wasn't scientific and measured Western. It was about relationship and love Eastern. The Bible says this, When the Son of Man comes in His glory, <clears throat> and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Then he will place the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. The king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me some food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Truly, I tell you, 
as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, my sisters, you did it to me. It's not about judgment. The sheep, us, those who follow our good shepherd, us Christian disciples, we do so because there's no other place to be. We want to love like he loves. It's not about measurement. It's not comparison. We want to help others as he helps. We want to give as he gives. We want to serve as he serves. We want to rescue as he rescues. Touch people in their disguises because if we touch them, we know it's him. We're to see Jesus in each other in all the credible disguises, all the sizes and shapes and sociological and economical differences. When we see each other, we see Jesus and we love Again, not Western world measured and accounted and do you have enough? Rather, it's relational. That's what we do. And then that, there's no fear. There's no worry on the last day of do you have enough? It's like, do you have enough love? Then you can't measure love. You just have it. You just have it. And on that day, when we approach, friends, do not approach the final days, this judgment with fear. You know your Lord. Your Lord knows you. Reflect that every day as you come to worship, as you read your Bible, as you just love and take care of each other. Walk with Him daily. And as sheep, we have nothing to worry about. When the last day comes, we will be celebrating, which brings us back to the beginning. Start off with that goodbye. It starts with an I love you. Every relationship will start with that. And it will end with an I love you. And in the middle, we remember some of these things. We remember the relationships. We will not forget. And then we're going to have hope. Because when that return comes, when that reunion takes place, it will be fun. It will be a lot of fun. It will be a great big hug and a great big dance and a great big banquet. And it will be a party like we've never ever dreamed of. No fear. Joy. Because the shepherd knows us and we know who he is. Let's be a church that knows that. And let's be a church that lets the world know this good news and get all the sheep coming home into this pen. God bless us. Amen.